As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams gonna throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Barth. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, we are joined by Tim Chapman. You guys may remember him from a few years ago at the time he was part of the Bowl of Chips podcast. Uh, he is now part of the College Football Podcast. He also writes the College Football Encyclopedia, and you can find all of it at cfpcollegefootball.com. He's joining us here today on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. And first of all, Tim, it's been a while, man. It's been about two years now. So how have you been holding up, man? It has been uh, a crazy two years since that time for sure yeah it has and it's funny because i was just going through some stuff and i had recalled that we had talked and i remember the conversation well about you know well what do we think about mac brown is it really going to do well you know is, is this smoke and mirrors or is this just kind of a, a farewell tour and, and here we are with uh, the north carolina targetals in the mix for a legit cfp title uh, or not title i should say an appearance but a legit shot at you know making it to the acc championship and a heisman contender in sam howell so my how things have changed in two years yeah it's amazing to think back to those conversations that we were having just a couple of years ago and how far mac brown has taken this program already but you know before we jump into that i wanted to talk about you know the biggest uh headline storyline whatever you want to call it i mean it's pretty much the biggest storyline right now it's sports, uh, which is that conference realignment seems to be back again. Oklahoma and Texas are bound for the SEC, and people are kind of wondering what the ACC is going to do as a response. It's no secret that the ACC right now isn't quite on the same level as the SEC and Big Ten in terms of revenue coming in. So, you know, when you look at this expansion, are you concerned for the ACC with where they stand as of right now? 
I am. I, I really don't like expansion. I think 14 teams is far too many. So now going to 16 in the SEC, I think the ACC has to follow suit and add two teams. The, the most likely ones seem Notre Dame and West Virginia. That way you can bring back the backyard brawl right there with Pitt. Uh, there's a chance I think that they might also consider if if Notre Dame's still going to be staunchy, maybe they look at uh, an AAC team like Cincinnati or UCF. I think those are the, the two obvious picks from that league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, to sum it up, Anthony, I, I really don't like these – the idea of these super conferences going, you know, into almost 20 teams, you know, who knows where we'll be in 20, in, in 10 years, but yeah, we're going to, we're looking at a 16 team conference. I don't really like it to be honest. I'm with you, man. I, I got to be honest with you. I think that it's just going to start getting back into these super conferences like we saw back in the 20s. And and that worked back then because you had unbalanced schedules. But now it's just it's going to ruin some of these great rivalries and everything like that. I, I'm not a fan of it either. But, you know, uh, what I am a fan of for sure this year is the hype that the Tar Heels are getting out of the gate this year. They're ranked inside of the top 10 when it comes to most of the preseason magazines. Today, they were picked as the preseason favorite in the ACC Coastal to make the ACC Championship game, and there are a lot of people that are pretty high on them going into the season. Where where do you stand in general on this team, and do you think this is a team that's built to, you know, get to the ACC Championship game and and potentially compete with Clemson in that game? I do, Anthony. I, I actually just released my ACC picks about a week ago, and I have the Tar Heels winning the Coastal. And, and this is not just, you know, bait for you and your, your listeners. I actually have them beating Clemson in the ACC championship. I, I think wow. they're, uh, I mean, they're set up for it. Their defense sounds like they're a lot faster. They're a lot deeper than they were last year. They, they had a chance to play uh, a lot of guys on that roster. Uh, and then you go to offense. I mean, Phil Longo deserves a lot more credit than I think he's already getting in the fact that I mean, you look at how balanced they were on offense last year. The number seven pass efficiency offense, but also the number eleven rush offense. And and let's go back to the you know the the two backs that are gone now, uh, to the music of the ears of everyone else in the ACC, but to the chagrin of North Carolina fans, um, I mean in today's offenses, it's rare that one back gets a thousand yards, but to have two running backs get a thousand yards in the same season, a COVID season nonetheless, only twelve games total, including you know a bowl game, it's just remarkable. And I think that you know, even though he gets praise, I don't think he gets nearly enough praise for being the offensive mind that he is. I mean, you hear a lot about Lincoln Riley, and you hear a lot about Mike Leach, but what Phil Longo is doing with the balance on an offense is is incredible in my opinion. So yeah, I actually am very high in the Tar Heels. I have them 15th in my preseason poll going into the season. Now that's not a projection. That's just kind of where they're at right now uh, before we start camp. But I do have them going to the ACC title and beating Clemson. I you know I, I'm not sold on DJ Uyunglele just yet. I think he's a very talented quarterback. Uh, but they're still, they're they're quite young, and running back is a position at Clemson that kind of worries me a little bit for their chances to win a seventh straight ACC title. And I think this is the year that if Mac's going to do it, I mean the clock is ticking, and I think that this is set up to be his best year because I don't know that Sam Howell's back uh, next season. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
and I know there's questions at receiver, but they've got a lot of talent there. So I mean, we can dive into it more if you want, Anthony. But yeah, I'm high on them, and I actually do have them winning the ACC this year. Well, let's talk about those skill positions where they do have to replace uh, a quartet of some of their most productive players in recent memory. I mean, you mentioned it, 2,000-yard backs in the backfield. Both of those guys did that while only playing in 11 games. Remember, they didn't play in the Orange Bowl game either. Uh, and then, you know, of course, you have to replace Deami Brown on the outside and Daz Newsom. But it, it seems like there are some talented options in place that are going to have a chance to uh, – take over for those guys what do you think about the group of guys that they have there and do you think they'll be able to sort of match the production or at least come close enough to the production that they did a year ago to have this team in in competition i think they'll be productive i mean to compare compare this group to last year's group i think is unfair because you're not Mm going to get the same production i don't think any team is going to get the same production that you got out of carter and williams last year but I think Chandler was a, a big hit in the transfer portal. You know, he, he averaged 4.6 yards at Tennessee, and that's running the SEC. And I, you know, I don't like to hype up the SEC too much, but it is quality competition. I'm not saying it's better or worse than the ACC, but you know he's battle-tested. Um, and, and you did a great job writing your, your little piece about the, the running back situation. I think that they're deep at that spot, but I think that they're, you know, a lot of people are discounting them at the receiver position. I mean, Sean Murray mm-hmm. Brown, Averaged 22.8 yards of catch last year. Um, you know, a lot of people are high on Josh Downs, but I like the consistency of Emory Simmons, to be honest. He's my favorite receiver of that group. I think Kobe Pesor, um, coaches I know are high on him. You know, he's a young guy that, that could emerge by season's end. Uh, Bo Corrales comes back, and, you know, he's a consistent guy as well. I think also a leader in that group, and he's, you know, he's kind of got that chip on his shoulder to say, you know, don't forget about me. I, I was somebody before um, the other guys emerged last year. And then, you know, a tight end, Garrett Walston, Kamari Morales, um, and then redshirt freshman John Copenhaver, who they say is, you know, the better receiver uh, than he is a blocker, maybe one of the best pass-catching tight ends in that group. So mm-hmm. I don't think that it's an empty cupboard. I, I really like their options. Um, I'm not going to compare them to last year's group, but I think that for what they've got and what they need this year, Sam Howell certainly has a lot of weapons to go with you know, a solid offensive line in front of him, too. Well, this is a huge year for Sam Howell. I mean, look, he has uh, put up some amazing numbers in his time at Carolina, but this is probably, as you mentioned, and most people think, his last chance to really get it done in terms of wins and, and, and put together something special. A part of that is going to be the fact that he is going to come in as one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy this year. When you compare him to some of the other guys that are up there right now, I mean, in Vegas, it's it's pretty much the quarterbacks of the big-name teams that are up at the top there. Uh, and, you know, there, there's a couple other names that have been thrown around. Where do you kind of stack him up, and what do you think his chances are of taking home the Heisman at the end of the season? I... I'm not, I'm not high on him right now for taking home the Heisman, but I think that's just because that award has really become a hype machine more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And to Sam Howell's credit, he's a team-first guy. He's a guy who's going to want to do what it's going to take to help his team win, whereas some of the other Heisman winners at the quarterback position have been more, um, you know, the, the superfluous stats and, you know, like I mentioned, Phil Longo likes to be balanced on offense. So he's going to want to run the ball effectively as well as pass it. And so I don't know that Powell is necessarily in an offense set up to where he may get as many eyeballs or as much, you know, his, 
his stats, I don't think, will be as sexy as someone like Spencer Rattler yep. or even Matt Corral at Ole Miss. But, you know, if, if I'm picking a quarterback to lead my team, I'm definitely taking Howell over those other two because of the fact that he is a team-first guy. And I think, uh, like I said, when it's all said and done, he's going to get careful consideration because of the fact that I think that they go 10-2 and two in the regular season with losses to Notre Dame. And, and um, I'm going I'm to say this now, I think that they do lose that pit game on the road on five days rest, but mm. then to come back and, and potentially beat Clemson in the ACC championship, the first team to do it in seven years, I think that's going to uh, sway some voters. And so we might see him in New York by the end of the season. Well, you'd go over to the defensive side of the football, and I think everybody's kind of taking a similar mindset going into the season, which is that this team has continued to add depth. They only lose one starter from a year ago, and even that starter that they lose, there's a guy that's replacing him that a lot of people think may eventually be an upgrade over him by the time the season is over. When you look at this Tar Heel defense, it feels like, since Butch Davis has left campus, the Tar Heels have been waiting to finally take that significant step forward on defense and become a unit that can help consistently win games. Do you think that this defense has what it takes to do that this year? I think so. I mean, you look at the talent that they have, and, and I'm not somebody who tries to buy too much into star ratings or whatnot, but a lot of these names are big-name guys because they have turned heads on the recruiting now. Uh, I think that they, I mean, last year they were number 16 in the country in sacks, getting three per game, and that's huge. But I look at their secondary, that's what I like the most. I mean, there's a lot of experience coming back in that back end. And in today's college football game, if you are a strong defense in terms of pass efficiency defense and a defense that can knock the ball away or take the ball away through the air, I think Carolina certainly stacks up well and can do that. I think they've got a great general in Jeremiah Gemmel running the middle of that defense. And, you know, I'm sure a lot has been said in regional circles around you of, you know, the excitement that they have with the young talent up front um, to go along with guys like Fox and, you know, Vahasek, who anchors the middle there at that nose spot. Uh, Miles Murphy had a, uh, you know, showed some flashes last year. So um, I do, I do like this defense. And um, I think that they can take that next step, especially with someone like Jay Bateman, who I've always respected. And, and quite frankly, I'm a little surprised he's taken this long to get that defense um, more recognition, but I think this is the year that they do take that step, and they're going to have to uh, to make that college football playoff. Yeah, I think last year, you know, one of the big reasons why they didn't take as big of a step forward early in the season as they probably were thought to have was because of the COVID year. You weren't able to rotate the guys up front as much as you probably would have liked. The snap counts for Tamari Fox and, and Ray Vawasic show that, but I think this year you're going to see a lot more rotation up there. You're going to see a lot more rotation on the back end, too, and the drop-off in play is not going to be anywhere near what we saw at times uh, during the Larry Fedora era. I think, yeah, this this unit is, is going to be a, a legit one for sure. Um, so, look, you got this team sitting at 10-2 at and two after the regular season. You have them beating Clemson to get to 11-2. and two. So, where do you have their resume kind of stacked Backing up with some of these other teams. I know that, you know, everybody's looking at, of course, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma at the top. But, you know, where do they kind of stand in terms of those college football playoff bracket busters, uh, you know, sort of around that same area, say a team like Iowa State? 
I think if, if they go through the ACC season and they have one loss and they also have a second loss to a, a good Notre Dame team, not a great Notre Dame team like, like Notre Dame was last year, mm-hmm. uh, but a good Notre Dame team. But then you beat Clemson, who um, is going to be in the top five at that point. I don't, I don't care if, if Iowa State has one loss. I think that that resume that Carolina will have with the star power that they have and with Coach Mac Brown, who is one of the best people, but in that vein, one of the best politicians, I think that that's going to get Carolina um, a potential bid at a 10-2, and two, provided that you, know, you don't have a, a slew of other teams that are undefeated or have one loss, but that one loss was to you know, a, uh, a top two or top three team. So I think the resume stacks up very well. Um, and, and to be quite frank, I'm not sold on Iowa State this year. I think that they're getting maybe more hype than what they're going to be deserving of at the end of the year. And, and you know, Iowa State fans can take that for what they want. But I would put my money on Carolina having a much better shot than Cyclones. I like it, man. I like it. I, I, I love the positivity. Um, there, there are a lot of people that are really starting to jump on this Tar Heel bandwagon, and uh, I, I think that this is a team under Mac Brown that that knows what the goals are. They don't seem to be, uh, you know, soaking up the moment. They seem to be focused, and uh, I think that the schedule stacks up pretty well for them as well. So, hey, uh, Tim, real quick, Anthony, yeah, watching watching ACC Media Days and watching some interviews with Mac Brown. He is as focused as any coaches I've seen speak. A lot of coaches were kind of enjoying the moment. You can tell that Mac Brown almost purposely um, deflects any sort of hype. And, you know, he talked about mm-hmm. we got to go one game at a time and we're going, you know, it's a three-game season at a time. We're not focused on Notre Dame down the road. We're not focused on the ACC title game. we got to win this game, then we got to win the next game. And I think that's the true mark of a coach that um, – knows how to get it done and is not buying into anything else. And so I really ha- don't remember Mac Brown being like that ever. And I, I think that shows that, uh, you know, good signs for this team because if he's that way, he's certainly not going to let his players get into all that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, they kind of – took that mindset at times last year. Primarily, he, he talked about it at Media Days that they took the mindset going into the game against Florida State as a as the fifth-ranked team in the country, playing in yeah. prime time, basically took the mindset of, well, Florida State's going to roll over because we're a top-five team and we're playing well right now. And they found out that that wasn't the case. They found out a couple weeks later that Virginia wasn't going to roll over either. And those are – he's brought those up multiple times. Like, he brought them up at Media Days a lot. He's brought brought him up multiple times when he's talked to the local Tar Heel media. So uh, I agree with you. I think this is, uh, for sure, this is as focused uh, uh, as I've ever seen a Tar Heel football head coach. He wants to make this into something that is special. This is not, oh, well, we're just going to come out and, and win eight or nine games and just be satisfied because we're Carolina, we're a basketball school. He, he's motivated to make this into something bigger. And uh, I think, you know, all Tar Heel fans are excited uh, and uh, I think the national media is definitely latching on to this team they're excited by what they see and uh, I'm glad that you're one of them Tim I really am man hey uh, thanks for stopping by with us man uh, you do great stuff man I love keeping up with everything that you do over there um, I know that you know you you uh, you cover the the country nationally you also you know cover Northwestern a little more in depth but uh, it's great to have you back on man thanks for stopping by with us thanks for having me Anthony 
All right, man. So, uh, yeah, check it out, guys. Uh, the College Football Podcast. Uh, it's on his website, uh, as well as the uh, College Football Encyclopedia. You can check that out on there as well. It's uh, cfpcollegefootball.com. Hey, Tim, thanks, man. We'll definitely talk sooner than two years this time. Take care and uh, enjoy the college football season. All right, man? All right, you too, Anthony. Go Heels. All right, so there is Tim Chapman stopping by with us. Uh, great stuff from him. Really appreciate him stopping by. Uh, and uh, look, guys, uh, we got another one coming up right after this. Actually, tonight I am recording another one. Uh, so you won't want to miss that one either. Uh, that one will be with Brett Ciencia of Pick 6 Previews. We're rolling through these magazine guys a little bit later than we normally did. Uh, but we, you know, we are able to get some of these guys on this year. I haven't had a ton of luck getting Steve. Steven Lassen from Athlon Sports on. I know uh, he's definitely got to be busy now with everything going on with conference realignment. Um, and this has been a crazy offseason in terms of how the recruiting has been stacked up and everything like that. Um, definitely going to track down Bill Bender. Should have no problem getting him on here uh, in the next couple of weeks. I might actually try to push him a little bit closer to the season just because we've got all these great additions of the podcast coming up because that's right. We've been doing the position previews on the show. We've been breaking them down for you, position group by position group. We have recorded up to the defensive backs and the special teams. We will actually record that on Wednesday. Uh, so make sure that you guys uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, don't know exactly how we're going to situate these, so they may be up at the time. Uh, really, it's just it's so hectic right now that we are just trying to throw a whole bunch of stuff up uh, as quickly as we can. Same thing with the articles. We're trying to get all this stuff in before the team gets to fall camp. But uh, it has been a little bit crazy, uh, you know, with everything going on at the radio station, everything like that. So trying to find all the time to get all this stuff up for you guys and not kind of overwhelm you with back-to-back podcast in, you know, a couple of hours or whatever, try to spread it out a little bit. We're, we're trying to work that out. So just hold on, you know, just stick with us here. We're going to make it through this um, and we're going to get into camp and everything like that. Things will slow down just a little bit, but we've got you covered with all the camp stuff coming up. Carolina reports on August 4th. They'll be in camp. August 5th is the first date for them. So we'll have, uh, you know, probably not anything overly in depth in terms of uh, you know an article leaning in because leading in because I mean the, the position battles are something that you know are, are going to be the same ones from the spring not much has really changed from the spring in terms of guys separating themselves but uh, we might reset that for you and give you a little look at that but won't be really anything in depth we are going to once again when Mac Brown has his press conferences we'll go through and listen and uh, I'll give you the takeaways from those those have usually produced some really good stuff over the last couple of uh, years here uh, because of COVID and, and everything like that. There are still restrictions in place. Believe that's probably going to be the same thing again this year. So Mac Brown will probably go pretty in depth in some of his press conferences in terms of some of the battles and everything like that. So I'll be listening in on all of those, giving you my takeaways from all those. And then of course, once we roll around to the start of the season, we will be uh, doing the previews and recaps as we normally do, of course, right before the season starts, some interesting articles that we always do, which are the bold predictions as well as uh, the 
I'm it's slipping my mind. I've, I've said it so many times now that it's slipping my mind. The bold predictions and the breakout candidates. That was the other one that I'm looking for. So keep an eye on the website for all of that great stuff as well as the basketball coverage. A little bit quieter on the basketball front right now. Uh, not quite as hectic on the as the football front. I didn't even get to the recruiting, which we do have that stuff up there. Sebastian Cheeks, uh, that article may or may not be up. Again, don't know how exactly we're going to position these, but Sebastian Cheeks commits on July 28th, so if that's up already, make sure you guys go and check out uh, any of the articles that we wrote about him. We will definitely be doing a commitment preview article for him, and then uh, there will be a couple other guys that are going to make their decisions here over the next couple of days and into the month of August as we near the high school football season, believe it or not, uh, just under a month away from high school football around the United States. I cannot believe it is back already after they just played in the spring, but it's unbelievably exciting. Uh, we're going to try to do some of the uh, the scouting reports this year, but again, that's really going to be a timing thing. We'll see. Um, I'm wanting to do a bunch of those, but that's one of those features where We've done them. They've had some success. But if there's something that has to get cut back a little bit, it's probably going to be those. We'll do them from time to time, but we may not be able to do one every single Friday night. But uh, we're going to do our best to try to get uh, you the most content that we possibly can. On the podcast side of things, a lot of those same features we have for you. uh, And you guys can check all of those out uh, as well. And then once we get towards the season, all the stuff is on camera that we are doing right now outside of these interviews. Any of the stuff we do from the house, any of the stuff that's just me is not going to be on camera. Everything else will be on camera. All the position previews are on camera. Uh, The breakout candidates, the bold predictions, those podcasts will be on camera. And then once we get into the season, of course, they will be on camera for you guys. You guys have really enjoyed those and we appreciate you guys watching those and supporting the podcast as you guys have. Make sure that you uh, like and follow the Facebook page. That's the best way to get all those videos. Uh, it'll go, you know, right onto your timeline when you like and follow it. So make sure you guys check that out, uh, and uh, that you'll also get all the articles, all the uh, the, the listenable editions of the podcast uh, that you can click on, and then uh, there'll, there'll be some other stuff that'll be up there for you guys throughout the season that you guys can check out. So make sure you are uh, following that Facebook page and liking it for us over on Twitter. Make sure that you follow us. Uh, there at Heel Tough Blog on Twitter uh, for the main uh, the the main site page uh, for the individual pages. It's me at HTB Anthony, Josh at HTB Josh, and Zach Hubbard, our recruiting analyst at. Hack Zubbard 2. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Tim Chapman for stopping by with us. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tor Heels. <laughs>